Excuse me. Can I quit this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I told Eddie Murphy to stay in college so he'd have something to fall back on. I did great advice. Jackie, how about the lighter side of history? The lighter side. I got some laughing at my joke. Okay. I know a lot of things and I share them on the podcast and you don't care. What are we talking about? I can't get a word in edgewise (laughs) on this show. I mean, it's. Here's how we sell it. Okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm always so excited to do these. We have a, uh, a whole laundry list of things we want to get to. Um, what would you like to start with? I would like to tell you a silly tale of when I was a kid. Just to give people an idea where I came from. We, tiny, tiny, tiny town, <clears throat> and they had just put in a development, you know, and. Uh, so my friends in school, a bunch of them lived there. And it never dawned on me that I lived in this old shack and they lived in brand new houses. And I had no exposure to anything. And I was at my friend Ozzy's one day and he was literally a one minute walk into the development. We were playing careers or something. And he says, do you want to eat over? Now my mother <coughs> wouldn't have cared if I got hit by a truck. And he said, would you like to eat over? And I said, uh, I'm not sure. I said, you know what, I gotta go to the bathroom. I went down the hall and snuck into the kitchen to see what they were having. And I opened, (laughs) there's a true story, I opened the oven and it was liver and onions. And I came back and said, you know what, I gotta ask my mother. Meanwhile, she could have cared less. (laughs) But instead of faking a phone call, I literally called. I dialed my mother and said, Ma, can I eat over Ozzy's? And she said, what are you talking about? Of course. Come on, Ma. <laughs> what the heck? What are you talking about? I said, okay, I'll be home soon. I hung up and said, I got to go home. I understand completely. I mean, you couldn't completely have Completely faked the phone call in third grade <laughs> instead of sitting there with his parents and going, ugh, you know. And we should tell everybody, let's give credit to the small town, East Norwich. East Norwich. And I grew up in Locust Valley, which some people listening might think, Locust Valley, Lockjaw, everybody's rich there. I grew up on a normal suburban street in Locust Valley, surrounded by that. You know, tell me about it. People say, you, you're from East Norwich on the North Shore of Long Island? Wow. My grandfather, not my great, 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 my grandfather was a blacksmith. His blacksmith shop was on the corner of our property because they had, somebody had to put shoes on the horses for the rich people, you know. When I think of summer on Long Island, I think of what we used to do to the kid, the one lucky rich kid who had the in-ground pool. We used to show up at his house nine in the morning, bathing suits on, flippers on our feet, snorkels. We'd actually say to him, hey man, what do you feel like doing? <laughs> And I, you know, I remember, you know, your dogs could run loose back in those days. Uh, we, I knew. We had a milkman. Uh, yeah, well, I knew all my friends' parents. I would call them by their first name. You know, it was Audrey and Harriet, and my Aunt Janet was Janet. You know, it was like ridiculously rural, but you don't know that growing up. You know right. that in retrospect. 
It was unbelievable. Yeah, we, you know, Milkman, and, and we had the, you know, there was a guy who used to come around, what was it, not Duncan Dunn, what was it called? Uh, the Good Humor Man. No, but we the guy that came humor. around with the, with the, with the uh, cakes and Dugan. The Dugan guy came and they would come to the door with a big like tray with all the different stuff and what do you want? Because it was a running gag in, in like 10th and 11th grade, I'd be on the couch making out with my girlfriend and my mother would go, oh, Dugan's here, <laughs> Dugan's here. Oh God. I tell you, I, live, I grew up on a street, the name of the street was Wood Lane, a nice name for a street, but it connected with a street that has the best name for a road I've ever heard. And I agree And with you this. know what it is, Skunk's Misery Road. It's so wonderful. And all I can picture is how many skunks got killed on that unless somebody just made it up kidding around, you know. And Jackie, this actually happened. I was having a catch with a friend on his lawn and his was the last house on the street. I missed the ball. It rolled across Skunk's Misery Road into tall grass. I went running after the ball found the ball, looked over, and there was an unconscious body. I'm not kidding. There was an unconscious body. Skunk body or Sk people no, body? People body. We called the police. The police came. The guy was alive. He was apparently dumped there. <laughs> and this is Locust this Valley. This is the wealthiest section of the world. This is. This is where they have Locust Valley Lockjaw, which... I think most people would recognize as Thurston Howell on Gilligan's Island. Right. I, I you know, very, very tight jaw. The snobby uh, people thought that they were uptight. <laughs> you know. But uh, I heard people who actually talk like that. I mean, that's oh, for real. Oh, well, I, I was a busboy at Piper Rock Country Club for four years. They gave their phone number in four digits. It was oh, that's assumed funny. it was 676. Oh, what's your phone number? 4892. Oh, good. You know. And back in those days, we had letters at the front of our phone numbers. OR67823. Right, I just gave out my phone right. number that doesn't exist anymore. I was Oyster Bay 6, and then we became Walnut 2. It went from wow. uh, Oyster Bay 6, whatever that was, to 922, which is... Uh, yeah. And I remember when all we had was the telegraph. No, I'm exaggerating there. Uh, I never had to learn more. Steph Moore. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Growing up on Long Island was just, just so much fun and so terrific. And going to the boys club and playing Little League. You know, uh, when, I, when we started Little League in, in the 50s, not we, when they started, it really was the beginning, the beginning, beginning of Little League anywhere. Like mm -hmm. we used to be in the corner of the schoolyard and play, and at one point, the parents came, that the fathers came down and they wanted to do the pitching. And we're like, no, we, we got this handled, you know, and they took over and then all of a sudden they formed Little League and, and got the uniforms and then the best kids got, the first year I didn't get to play because I wasn't good enough. Like, this is crap. <laughs> I always got to play, you know. Well, I got to tell you, back in our day growing up in the, in the 60s and playing Little League, your parents didn't automatically go to every game. Now the parents go to every single game and they get emotionally involved and they're trying to live through their children. I went to see my nephew's game when he was playing, uh, I think it was Sias at Little League, and the coach got in a fist fight with the umpire. I'm like, what? I mean, literally, a fist fight. And well, I, I was my sister. I was like, is this normal? Yeah, you but know. maybe the umpire was squeezing them a little bit. You know, you the, the know. strike zone was too small. Maybe, you know, if that happened, 
That's America, and that's insane. Maybe he's looking for a $20 bill. I'll know? tell you what my father did once. He did come to a game, and I let a ball go through my legs, and we lost the game. And uh, my father stood up in the middle of the bleachers, and he yelled out, uh, Hey, you were adopted. <laughs> oh, you're such he, a He's jerk. taking it too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> my friend J.R. always told a story, and I know it's not true, but it could be true, but I was pitching, and my father was the coach. And he was a pitcher in, in high school. You know, he actually, uh, he was a, an alcoholic. So I, he actually pitched a no-hit game at Oyster Bay High School. So my story was that my father pitched a no-hit game in high school, and he's been celebrating ever since. <laughs> That's how he described it. But I'm pitching, and he's saying, do this, do that. And JR swears that I turned and threw the ball at my father and said, pitch it your own damn stuff. <laughs> I don't think that's true, but you know, you never know. Now, Jackie, when I started out in comedy at the comic strip in Manhattan, we had a team in the Broadway show league. And yes, there were Broadway shows that had teams, but then you show business institutions, you know, actor's studio had a team. Yeah, um, and I was always so jealous of that, you know. And we played actor's studio, and you're there, you know, you're warming up for 10 minutes, and you look over at their third baseman who's got a hat on and sunglasses, and you go, hey, that's Al Pacino. Al Pacino's playing third base. That's, that's just so fun. And do you know that um, I pitched against Meatloaf. Meatloaf <laughs> had a team. And I pitched, it was me pitching against him, and uh, I'm sure he's long forgotten, but uh, I will remember for the rest of my life that we, we lost four to three to Meatloaf. And he had his band and the, you know, the roadies there. You know, the, the, these were seriously good teams. Jerry Seinfeld was uh, the strippers, we were called. Jerry Seinfeld, Mark Schiff, Larry Miller, uh, Paul Reiser. Joe Bolster, we had so much fun in uh, the Broadway I was, show. I, I knew about that, and I was always so jealous. I didn't play in any of those leagues till billions of years later, like 15 years ago or something like that, and I was on the Friars Club team, and it was, I don't think any, I think I was the only one of any note at all, and I just remember getting up and hitting the ball and running for first, and I mean running, and then looking down, and I hadn't gone anywhere. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You know. One of the guys we played against had an artificial leg, but he had, was able to move and actually play the game and run the bases. This better have a good punchline. Oh, it has a great punchline. <laughs> because there's a very funny comedian named Ron Richards, and Jerry Seinfeld was there, and we all laughed at this. Ron goes, look at that guy on first base. He has an artificial leg. If he unscrews the artificial leg and leaves it on first, can he take a really big lead? <laughs> That's so great. We all laughed. That's we so all great. laughed. And you never knew who was watching a Broadway show league game. I went chasing a foul ball. It bounced on the bleachers, and it bounced right into a woman's lap, and she caught it. And I was running up the bleachers to get the ball, and she handed it to me, and I looked at her face. That girl. Marla ah, Thomas. Ah. Marlo Thomas, how wonderful. I hope you she was just you nobody knows threw away that ball. I oh <laughs> I I don't I should have kept that ball. You know, Ron Richards was so funny and he actually used to produce shows around Jersey and he got a couple too many. So he actually handed off mustache Pete's to me and Freddie's. These were just bars in the middle of New Jersey before there were really comedy clubs. And I'll tell you what they paid if you did a gig there. 
$40 and a cheeseburger if the cook has time. Right, right. <laughs> and, I, and I booked the show, so I made a few extra dollars because I had the, the, um, <laughs> the amplifier and stuff. I remember one, one week um, I didn't go. So the guys went without me, and they came back, and they said, Jackie, the guy didn't pay us. And I called the guy, and what was his name? I forget, I should know his name. And I said, you didn't pay the guys? He said, oh, you know, I meant to pay the guys. I'm sorry, I'll mail it to you. And the next week, he calls me up in a panic. He says, it's Tuesday night. There's nobody here. I said, you never, you never sent me the money. He says, oh, I forgot. I said, I forgot to send the comedians. <laughs> True story. From then on, he was no problem, up right? and up. And, and oh, that's But the great. worst, that I, I don't know if this is probably not politically correct, but I don't really care. The funniest joke that Ron Richard had, he said, the other night I came out of the improv and there was an Asian gang, a bunch of little kids, like 10, 11, 12-year-old little Chinese kids. But they were a gang and they came at me and they all had knives. And I was so freaked out, and they attacked me, but I got away. And the next day, my back pain went away. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so smart. Just so ridiculous. And that's totally believable. The original improvisation, 44th and 9th in Manhattan, not a nice area. Hell's Kitchen, where Hell's it's Kitchen. really Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, Hell's Kitchen is really gentrified now, to some extent. But back then it was. I know. I lived on Fifty Six and Eighth, and they said, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't walk out your building and turn right ten years ago. You know. Right. Right. I gotta, I gotta tell. I don't think I told. I probably told this to you a million times, but we grew up, and I wound up living in Bayville, right on Long Island Sound, which is the garden spot of the world. And this is years and years and years ago, and I was so depressed. <clears throat> But, you know, we're next to Cold Spring Harbor. I tell everybody Billy Joel lives two miles and 12 tax brackets away from me. <laughs> and I'm freaking out. And um, Burford said, my friend Burford says, how could you be depressed? You're a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male living on the north shore of Long Island, the gold coast of the world. You live better than 99.99% of the world's population how can you be depressed? And I said, because the other 0.001% are my neighbors. <laughs> Everybody else was way richer, way richer, way richer. Billy Joel, you knew him. You did a benefit, and I was on the show in the stands in Bayville to save a bridge or something? Was it, no, was it? no, what, they, what, wanted, they wanted to widen Shore Road, okay. and which is the road along Oyster Bay, and if they widened it, it would have just destroyed everything. And the point was they thought it was dangerous. I said, if, if you straighten it out, people are going to go faster. It was insane. But with Nancy and my, my ex-wife, my wife yeah, at the time, her and a very wealthy airline pilot, fought that whole fight. And we did that benefit. And Billy said, at the end, we did an auction. We auctioned off something. And somebody goes, $100. And then look over and they Billy Joel with his hundred dollars, and bill. he drove his uh, motorcycle there. I remember, and uh, did not have an accident. No, nope. no, not that <laughs> night. And it was the only time I ever actually got drunk with him. The waitresses were running the beers and running the beers, and great time. Oh boy, Bayville, growing up, Oyster. Well, your home turf is Oyster Bay, East Norwich, Oyster Bay, Bayville. 
I went to Locust Valley Schools. Bayville was part it's of it. It's all right there. Bayville doesn't change. It's like Brigadoon. It appears every hundred years, and it's the same. And uh, I really get homesick or, or just nostalgic for the past when I drive through Bayville. That's where I did that. That's where I did that. Uh, that's where I could drink at sixteen. At age sixteen, you know, the souvlaki place with the stand out on the—they don't have it anymore. The, but they used to have a counter right out to the sidewalk, and my friend had the apartment above, and we used to lower a bucket on a rope with our order and the money, and they would put the gyros in, and then we'd just bring oh. them up. Oh, we I still eat there every three or four days. Oh, I just it's, love it's, that it's absolutely terrific. You know. I I'll go I go through all this old stuff and I found the first flyer that Chris Bates ever made for our band, and it was for the Lobster House, which became Sands, which became which is now the Shipwreck Inn, right there in Bayville, and it like it was like thirty cent beers. I mean you can't believe this flyer, and it's done with press type. Remember press type? And yeah. It's, it's horrible. So I. And they had a big lobster. It was called the Lobster House, and there was a, a big tank of lobsters. And I put that up, and my friend Hank says, uh, "Do you remember the fake fight?" And what happened was, all, all our friends came to the gig, and they had a big fake fight. And in all the confusion, they stole all the lobsters. <laughs> And then went to my friend JR's, and you know we're still playing. And they cooked the lobsters. You know there was a tank, and all of a sudden it was like locusts, like wow, and the lobsters were gone. You know? Hey, if you're watching or listening, this is why we love the North Shore of Long Island, and uh, we remember our childhood. We miss it, and that's why it's so much. And people fun. weren't cutting each other with knives and shooting each other. They were stealing lobsters and laughing. Right, right. Oh man, let's do more of this stuff on our next show. What do you say? I'm in. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? Starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? MeSpace? MySpace? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Doodah, doodah. <laughs>